0: Good morning. So as you find your seats, I'll go ahead and get started this morning. Uh, Very first thing, before I forget, because I know I'm going to forget, so I'll knock it out very first thing. Uh, Let's go ahead and fill out attendance cards. If you fill one out, Uh, now is the time to do it. And so this is my reminder for you, attendance cards. And so uh, let's go ahead and fill them out, and then we'll pass them to the end aisles, and we'll have the little guys come by later and pick them up. So okay, check, I remember, very cool. Uh, Today is the day! Today is the day that we've been talking about for so long and the day that you're probably tired of hearing announcements and so you can celebrate uh, because this is the last morning that you're going to hear an announcement about Trunk Retreat. But today is the day. We finally made it. Um, We have, so I looked earlier, I think we're up to around 30 trunks, which is awesome. And I thank you guys so, so much. Um, What that means is the trunk or treat is going to take place in the parking lot behind the Family Life Center. So not in front of the Family Life Center but the big parking lot behind. Um, That also means that at this point uh, it's not too late. We know where it's going to take place at and so if you didn't sign up but you have a uh, a nudge right here at the last minute, man I I really wish that I could decorate my trunk for whatever reason. Tonight is the night. Come come do it. Uh, You don't even have to sign up. Just show up with your trunk decorated and we'll get that going. Uh, Also please, please, please take lots and lots of photos. We want photos, we want videos, just everywhere you go, anything you do, take lots and lots of photos of this. Uh, Just a reminder, it's going to begin at four o'clock, so four o'clock this afternoon, and it's going to last until seven. It's probably going to be dark by seven, and so if you're set up for Trunk or Treat, don't feel like you have to stay the whole time. Uh, You don't have to stay until seven. At all, but it does start at four, and so we ask anybody who is signed up for a trunk, uh, please show up and have that set up and ready to go by four. So that way we don't have vehicles moving and stuff whenever the little kids are out there uh, trunk or treating. Let's see. So other good news: if you don't feel like decorating your trunk, we also have other stuff going on inside the Family Life Center. We're going to have some inflatables. We've got hot dogs. We've got lots of little dessert cookies and just awesome awesome stuff Um, we're also gonna have face painting and so if you're interested in helping at all but don't have a trunk set up uh, face painting inflatables there's we can stick you somewhere for sure and so if you want to help we ask everybody come on come on and so let me know if you're interested in helping and i'll help you get situated Uh, also inside the flc we're gonna have a chili cook-off so i checked this morning this has been one of the the favorites, this is only my my second year but I've heard that this has been a favorite in the past and I know that it was great last year Uh, but as of this morning we only have four people signed up and so good news again it's not too late if you want to cook some chili bring it on up Uh, it's not too late you don't even have to sign up just bring your chili up and we'll get you entered into that. Um, Outside of the Family Life Center on the west side, so not where the lighthouse is but on the west side of the Family Life Center uh, we're gonna have pony rides and a petting zoo available and so maybe it's always been your dream to ride a wild bronco through the field and have your hair blowing in the wind and stuff well if that's your dream tonight is not the night for you because we're gonna have it set up in about a ten by twenty foot little fence-off area but if that's been your dream then th- tonight is the night for you so come ride a pony pet some, some little animals uh, and then last thing about tonight is the youth group has worked hard Uh, we were up here pretty much all day yesterday working on it turning the lighthouse into a fright house and so uh, really hope that you'll come bring your your kids through we do ask we don't want any kids going through uh, without an adult being unsupervised because it's going to be it's not too scary but it's going to be pretty dark in there and so we do ask that there's adult supervision with any child Um, and even if you don't have a child come walk on through we worked hard on it and so we want to show it off to people and so come on through Uh, That's the last thing that I've got for Trunk Retreat this evening, moving on to this week. uh, Wednesday, November 2nd, uh, there's going to be a guest speaker in the chapel class from the Bible Institute of Central America, which is uh, one of the mission efforts the West Irwin supports, and so uh, that'll be a a great opportunity to hear about the the good things that we're supporting. Also, this Wednesday, November 2nd, after class, we're going to have an Uh, all youth parents slash LTC meeting and so this is a big big meeting we're gonna get LTC rolling again we're gonna get it going and this is the kickoff and so if you don't make it to any other meeting this year uh, this is the one to go to we if if you have kids it's gonna be third through 12th graders going to LTC so if you have a kid in that age range come on up for it Um, if you've been involved with LTC in the past helping teaching whatever organizing in any way or you want to this year Please come to that because we're going to cover a lot of stuff and get it going. So that's this Wednesday after class. Uh, Bunko is going to be Thursday, November 3rd at 6 p.m. in the Family Life Center. And then the very last thing I've got for you is a week from now, we're going to have an area-wide singing event. That'll be up here at West Irwin in the evening. And we're inviting area churches, and so we really hope that you'll make it here for that. So, All right, that's all i got for you. Thank you.
1: stand?
2: We will glorify the King of kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Song, we'll have our uh, opening prayer. The screen is not the beginning of the song. The church is one.
3: on a personal note I like to thank you for the cards and prayers that on my behalf as I dealt with the shingles and then I dealt with infection from the shingles so and by the way I'm not contagious now so again I, I thank you let's go to our father in prayer dear Lord we humbly come before you recognizing you as a creator of all things. You spoke the world into existence and as scripture says, you measure the seas in the hollow of your hand, mark off the heavens by the width of your hand. You are all loving, all knowing and all righteousness father who sent his only son to provide us a way of salvation. And Lord, in these challenging times we see people who oppose your word, oppose Christian principles, and help us remember what the word says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Maybe we all be in the truth, hold on to your truth, and never turn away from your your love. Father, we we do not present our prayers before you on account of our righteousness, but because of your great grace and mercy. For we know that we are all sinful, failing to do the things we know that are right. Help us and help us teach our young what James says resist the devil and he will flee from you. And Father, we are. Thankful for the recent rain and the cooler weather. For Jeremiah says, you give us the autumn and spring rains at just the right times. Again, we are thankful. Father, we pray for our medical staff all over the world. Bless them with the knowledge and understanding the care of their patients, to provide the right medication for pain, to fight infection or cancer and to know and understand how our bodies are designed by you and to function. And we pray that you oversee and bless their every moment in the care of their patients. And Father, we recognize you are the great physician, and we bring these names before you. Nita Kennedy, Bitsy Berryman, Wayne and Julie Lewis, Alice Cook, Michael Sherrod, Kimberly Holt and John Suggs. We pray for the Rutledge family, for their son, Jack, ongoing health issues, and the upcoming birth will be a safe delivery and a healthy baby. We pray for the protection around baby Brooks Carter, heart, lungs, and other tiny body parts to continue to grow and get stronger. Father, we pray for my grandson, Eli Hodges, upcoming heart surgery be with the medical staff as they operate on Eli. That his surgery is a success and all necessary repairs be made at that time. And Eli will recover quickly. Father, we see the conflicts and poverty in this world. We ask you to bless the world nations with leaders that are wise and have discerning hearts that seeks and encourages your will to be done, who honors your name, and also find ways for peace. For Jesus taught us in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the peacemakers. We pray for your protection to be upon our students and our teachers, military and law enforcement, firemen, emergency responders, and health care workers here and abroad. And Father, be with us here at West Irwin, our staff, ministers, deacons, teachers, and each individual member. May we encourage and spur one another on to good works, not growing weary doing good. Father, we ask you to bless Bill Allen in presenting the word that, that will teach and strengthen each one of us. And also, we'll be able to communicate about your word in love and to walk and live in the way of your love. Father, may our worship today be in spirit and in line with your word as we glorify you and fellowship with one another in united voices, hearts, and minds. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Time, I ask that we pause and reflect upon our Savior's uh, death on the cross, the broken body and the blood that He shed for our sins. He left us blood.
4: In our country, the US, capital punishment is a very controversial subject, so much so that 27 states approve capital punishment, but 23 states do not. And even in those that do permit capital punishment, death for crimes, it's reserved for the most heinous of criminals. And the penalty of death is a very weighty matter, so it's right that this be a very serious topic. We may be shocked by some of the things that carried the penalty of death in the Mosaic Law. Things like other gods, idolatry, work on the Sabbath day, they were told they could not even light a fire in their tent or it was the penalty of death. Dishonor to parents, lying in court, also adultery, murder, homosexuality, and a lot of other Perverted sexual activities. All of these things pertain to this physical life and physical death. And it's a very serious matter. But to me, and I think probably to you, spiritual death is a much more serious situation. Spiritual death lasts forever And there's no pardon or escape. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, Paul said the wages of sin is death. And then in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, he lists a few things that he says puts our spiritual life in jeopardy. Some of those things are hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness. Some of those things we tend to laugh at and take lightly, don't we? But you know there's some good news in all of this. Because Paul says in the last part of that verse of Romans 6:23 that the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is what the Lord's supper is all about. This is great news, this is wonderful news that we can have forgiveness of our sins. And like the Jews on the day of Pentecost who were pricked in their heart and cried out, what can we do to be saved? We can rejoice knowing that because of the great sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, we can be forgiven of all our sins, not just in part, but in the whole. And that's what God wants us to remember at least every lord's day when we participate in the lord's supper what great love caused the father to send his son and what great love caused jesus to come and live among man to live a perfect life to be ridiculed to be to endure all the hardships to be abused as he was and to finally be murdered On the cross and all of this was necessary because you and I sinned and there was no other atonement no other sacrifice that could cleanse us from those sins and as we participate today in the Lord's Supper I hope that we will all remember the life that Jesus lived and the sacrifice and the price he paid because our sins needed that in order for us to be forgiven. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your kindness toward us and your consideration in providing a way that we could Be forgiven of our sins, and we could have hope for eternity with you in heaven. We thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his willingness to come. And as we partake of this bread that represents his body that hang on the cross, help us, Father, that we might remember that and that we might rejoice in the great blessings that we have in Christ. his name we pray. Amen. Pray with me. Dear God, we rejoice in the great love that you have for us. And we thank you so much for the great sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross. and For the cleansing power that's in his blood that can make our souls white. And we can be forgiven of our sins because of the sacrifice that he made. And as we partake of this fruit of the vine, I pray that we might remember those things and honor and glorify you as we participate. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. i The ministry that we want to feature this morning is the young of heart, young at heart, I'm sorry, and Off heart too. This is a ministry, of course, of Westover and members under the leadership of James and Helen Goulian and and Granberry. It's open to those who are age 55 and above. However, Marvin says that if somebody just 50 shows up, they won't be turned away. This, on October the 20th, the West Irwin Young at Heart hosted an area-wide dinner, and these are the pictures that you're seeing that were taken at that dinner uh, for all the nearby churches. Like a lot of other events, the area-wide meetings were canceled uh, for the past couple of years because of COVID. Uh, Following the traditions of the early church, uh, on October the 20th, a delicious meal was served to the 161 folks who attended from 11 different congregations, one even from an Arkansas church. Uh, However, prior to COVID, uh, the record for the previous year was 294 in attendance, with from 14 to 15 congregations. Uh, also, a period of entertainment, delightful entertainment, was presented by the ladies in the group called Shake, Rattle, and Roll. The pictures uh, show some interlopers. One was Elvis. And who is the one with the top hat? I'm not sure if that's Winston Churchill or Herbert Hoover. You can decide. Uh, When I was younger, I heard it said that the only thing better than homemade ice cream was more homemade ice cream. So the only thing that will make the young young at heart better is more participation from More West Irwin members. Uh, The uh, following five words, starting with the letter F, kind of sum up the young at heart. Food, fun, friendship, fellowship, festivities, and it's all for free. You know, we can all stand to have a few more friends, and what better opportunity is there to get to know our Christian family and get involved in their lives than meeting together over a meal as provided by the young at heart. Some of their activities include a variety of entertainment, game nights, uh, day trips to events and places of interest, and did I mention having meals together? Uh, If you're married or single, doesn't matter, come on, you'll fit in. I hope that you'll be interested in being more involved and participating with the young at heart. This is one of the ministries that is supported by our contributions along with missions, benevolence, and so many other things that go on here at West Irwin. And we praise the God in heaven for blessing us and we can participate in these things. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for the great spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. And, Father, we also thank you for the great physical blessings, material blessings that we enjoy in this life, the creature comforts that we have, the opportunities to work and provide for our families and to help others. And, Father, what a great blessing you have given us when you allowed us to be givers And we pray that you will help all of us as we contribute to your work to have generous and cheerful hearts. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: This time, if everyone would stand, the young ones are allowed to go to their classes, and if you'd pass your attendance cards to the aisle nearest you, they'll be picked up at this time as well. And now, before our sermon this morning, we'll sing, We Are the Body of Christ.
1: I am part of a group. Don't you love to be able to make that statement? None of us wants to be left out. What is it? FOMO, F-O-M-O, which is what? Fear of missing out. We don't want to miss out on anything. And we especially want to belong. We want to be a part of a group. We don't want to be left out. We don't want to be alone. I am part of a group. And sometimes that can create some dilemmas and some challenges. I like this little one-liner. Here's a dilemma. When an atheist is stuck at a green light behind a car with a bumper sticker that says, Honk if you love Jesus. (laughs) That's a dilemma. (laughs) That's a dilemma. What do you do? what do you do? I am part of a group. We all want to be part of a group. And the group that we read about in the New Testament is the church. It's the kingdom of God. It's the body of Christ. And as we've been going through the book of Ephesians on Sunday mornings, we've been looking at Paul's letter to that church and to our church. The interesting thing, one of the interesting things to me about reading a book like Ephesians or first and second Corinthians or any of the others is that they were written to specific people and in this case to a specific church. They were very much a church much like ours in a given town that had members, that had elders. In fact, Paul, on uh, one of his trips, meets in Acts chapter 20 with the elders from this church, the church at Ephesus, and reminds them to shepherd the church that Jesus bought with His own blood. Not just the universal church was bought with Jesus' blood, but their church, the church at Ephesus. And in the same way, this church was bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. I am part of a group. When we get to Ephesians chapter 4 and a little bit of chapter 5, we read some specific things about that group. And about the dilemmas that we face (laughs) as being a church combined of a lot of folks. We had a really good uh, attendance in our Bible classes this morning, certainly in our class across the parking lot. We have a good attendance here. We have a lot of folks watching online. And we're a part of that group. We are a part of the church. We're a part of this family. We are the body of Christ. And that sounds wonderful, and we're all happy about that, but that brings along some dilemmas. Along with that, we have some challenges and some things that we have to face, just like they did in the first century church in far western modern-day Turkey in the city of Ephesus. So let's look at what Paul says under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to that church of the Ephesians and also to the church here at West Irwin. First of all, the atmosphere for unity The atmosphere for unity is seen in these verses in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, and then also the first couple of verses of chapter 5. Ephesians 4, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And then these words in chapter 5, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I think both of those passages contain part of the theme statement of the book of Ephesians. It can be summarized in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Live a life that's worthy. Walk in a way that's worthy of the great blessing that you have received from the blood of Jesus Christ. We can't be perfect. We'll never match up. Just as Danny shared from Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death. We get that. But that verse goes on to say the gift of God is eternal life. In Jesus Christ our Lord. And so we have that blessing. And now the question is. that That is not given to us. Because of our perfect lives. It's given to us in spite of that. At the cost of the blood of the son of God. But now how do we respond? We walk and live in a way that is worthy. And Ephesians 5 verses 1 and 2. The same thing. Follow God's example therefore. As dearly loved children. And walk in the way of love. There's that indicative that we are loved, that we are saved, and then it follows with an imperative to walk and to live in a way that is worthy, to walk and live in the way of love. I am part of a group, and what we seek to do as a part of that group is to cultivate an atmosphere for unity. What does that look like? Well, It looks like what he just said in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 4. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That is the atmosphere for unity. The psalmist understood it in Psalm 133 when he wrote, How blessed, how wonderful, how joyful it is when brethren gather together in unity. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing that Jesus prayed for in John 17, that he died for, as Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2. This is the atmosphere of unity. As Danny shared with us around the table, he mentioned that great passage in Galatians 5 that talks about the works or deeds of the flesh. As he was talking about the things that God uh, uh, forbids, and many of those things on that list don't, we, uh, don't surprise us at all, but some might. Discord, division, envy. Those things are the opposite of cultivating an atmosphere for unity. When we have those things and when we live by those things... We're not fulfilling what Ephesians chapter 4 says. We're not cultivating the atmosphere for unity. So a question before we go on this morning, what am I doing to promote the unity of this church? Let's each of us ask that question of ourselves today and be honest in our response. What am I doing To promote the unity of this church. How am I fulfilling what Paul talks about in these verses that we've just read? I am part of a group. I am part of this group. How am I helping this group be more unified with each other? And hopefully we can all think of a few things that we can do or that we are doing that will help cultivate that atmosphere of unity. And even if you're not doing anything to promote that, today is the day when you can decide, I'm going to start doing that. And we'll talk more about that at the end of the lesson. But I certainly hope and pray, and I wish it were true, but I know it's not... I wish it were true that there would be no one that's a part of this group that causes disunity, that promotes discord and division, for whatever the reason. It's not right. Scripture calls it sin. And so we are to be actively seeking to promote the unity of the church. And as we're going to find in just a moment, that doesn't mean we agree with everything. (laughs) Because if your church has more than one person in it, there are some things about it that you wish were different. (laughs) So if you want to go to a church that doesn't have anything that you don't like, then there you go. You get to be it all and do it all. (laughs) Because that's human nature. But that doesn't mean there's not unity. Because there's that atmosphere of unity that's based on what we have been given. What am I doing to promote the unity of this church? What am I doing to cultivate the atmosphere of unity? But Paul goes on and speaks in the following verses about the basis for unity In Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 4, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then skip down to verse 20, that, however, speaking of the way of the pagans and the world, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned. You see, Paul doesn't start this chapter with verses 4 through 6. He starts them with verses 1 through 3. He doesn't start talking about the basis for unity. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, one Christ, all of those things. He starts out talking about how we treat each other. That part is certainly true and is vital, absolutely. The basis for unity must be there in the church. It must be the truth that we teach and preach and practice and share and live. But a part of that truth is verses 1 through 3. A part of that truth is promoting unity, cultivating an atmosphere for unity, so that when we get to the basis, people will listen. Because if we're not living in that verses 1 through 3... When we tell them, verses 4 through 6, they won't care. They won't. It's just that simple. If they don't see it lived out in our lives, they're not going to listen to our words. And so Paul begins by talking about humility and gentleness and patience and love and forbearance. And a desire to promote the unity of the church and to maintain it in the bond of peace. He speaks in verses 20 and following about being that new creature. And a part of being that new creature is not just that we proclaim one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's that we don't go about getting our way the way the world does. Because that is disruptive to unity. And it is the opposite of the way of the cross. The basis for unity depends on the atmosphere for unity and the rest of Ephesians talks about what it looks like to live this out C.S. Lewis said one must keep on pointing out that Christianity is a statement which if false is of no importance and if true of infinite importance the one thing it cannot be is moderately important which is it for you Is it of utmost importance maintaining that basis and atmosphere of unity? Is it of no importance and it doesn't matter so just seek your own way? Do what you want? Or is it of moderate importance to where you're kind of in and kind of out? You're what Jesus says is lukewarm to the Laodicea. And it literally makes him sick. Are you all in or not? That's the question. And if you're all in because you believe in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, then great. I'm with you. But do you also believe in gentleness and humility and sacrifice and unselfishness and acceptance and love? Because you see, for a church to be united, you have to have that. And he tells us why in the verses that follow. The united church. We have the atmosphere for unity, the basis for unity, and then we have the united church. And it sounds different than what you might expect. Beginning in Ephesians 4, verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And we already see the difference, right? He's been talking about all the ones. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, one body, all of that. And then he says, but, in verse 7, but it doesn't look like that. Why? Because to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So we don't all have the same gifts. We don't all have the same interests. We don't all have the same skills. How do you do that? Well, verse 11, Christ himself gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip his people, verse 12, for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants. Tossed back and forth by the waves. And blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And by the cunning and craftiness of people. In their deceitful scheming. You see that's what happens when you're an immature church. Rather than a united mature church. You get blown away and carried away by whatever is the coolest and the newest. Whatever sells. Whatever's popular. Whatever the culture says. That's what we do. If we're immature. If our trust is in ourselves rather than in our God. Instead, verse 15, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And guess what? No, each part does different works. Why? Because Christ has given us gifts and has placed us in his church, in his body, exactly like he wants it. And that means that you're not just like me and I'm not just like you. And that means that that person that's across the aisle from you or sitting on the other side of the congregation or watching and worshiping from home, they're not exactly like you either. And not only is that okay, that is ideal. That is best. Why? Because God gave us these gifts to prepare God's people for works of service. So that the church can grow, so that the church can be mature, so that the church can minister to everyone, to everyone. And that's why we're so different and Satan uses that difference to build tension rather than unity. And when we hear that call to be united, we need to define terms. Because we're talking about unity, not uniformity. For some of us, we think unity is uniformity. That means everybody believes just like I do. That means everybody sings the songs that I like. (laughs) That means the preacher goes just as long or as short as I like. (laughs) And all of those things are good and nice and we can talk about them and we want to do the very best we can. But ultimately, it's not always going to be like I want, like I like. And that's the good news about the church. Because if it were any other way, then we might as well put a sign up on the door that says, people who believe like this, who think like this, who like these things, whose preference is this, need not apply. And that's not the church. It's not about uniformity. It's about unity. And that's why Avery Dulles years ago wrote about models of the church. A worshiping church. An evangelist church. A, a servant church. A prophet church. A church that speaks out in, about cultural things. A church that is an organization and an institution and continues to thrive. A church that is a community of disciples. A church that is a benevolent church. All of those things are models... Biblical models of the church. But guess what? In all of those, you probably have one or two that you especially like. And that's good. Because those are the ways that God is going to use you to minister in this church. In this body. But not everybody's like that. And so that means that there might be some others who don't feel that way. Who don't have the same interests or the same skills or the same desires. And so they're involved in other things. And that's okay too. In fact, that's good. That's ideal. And when you think about the amazing and incredible and numerous ministries of this church, it's amazing. It's amazing. Go this afternoon and and see this amazing day. This trunk or treat. Be a part of that. Get your face painted. Eat a bowl of chili. As far as I'm concerned, you can have it all. <laughs> Go through those trunks and see what our people have done. It's, it'll be incredible. Walk through that lighthouse, fright house. I double dog dare you be a part of that. You see this these great pictures from our young at hearts recent activity and they have stuff like that every single month. Doesn't involve everybody all over the area sometimes. Every quarter it does, but they're doing stuff all the time. We prepare food for people in our In our lunch bunch group on Tuesday mornings. We feed people in this community on Monday nights and Wednesday mornings. We give them clothing on Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings. We teach Bible classes here on a regular basis. We have kids that are hearing about Jesus and his love right now. While we're in here and you're stuck with me preaching. I mean you're enjoying a wonderful message from God. We have people that go and help in various ways at people's homes. Go and visit them, send cards, write encouragement cards. We have people that are involved in youth events. We have people that are involved with our elderly. We have people that teach the tiniest of our children. We have people that are involved in our worship services. We have people that are concerned about missions that are on missions committee. We have people that serve in our finances on our finance committee. There's so many, many, many others. Why is that? Because we're different. And we're different because there are different needs in our church, in this community, and in this world. And God has done that on purpose. Yes, Satan uses it to divide us. But we don't have to let him. We don't have to let him. The purpose is to build up the church. The purpose is to speak the truth in love. I like the story of the minister who was uh, asked to do a funeral and so he had done the funeral and now they ask him to lead the group to the graveside. And so he got in his car and he was in the front and he turned the radio on and he kind of got lost in thought, a little bit distracted. And as he was driving along, he saw a sign for a Target store and he remembered something that he needed to pick up and take home and so he turned into the Target parking lot, just casually looked into the rearview mirror and he saw all this line of cars with their lights on pulling into the Target parking lot right behind him. <laughs> You see, that's uniformity. And that's not the way that God made us. And it's not the way that God made the church. But we can have unity. Members of a united church then live a worthy life. Ephesians 4 verse 1. Members of a united church speak the truth in love we speak it but and it's the truth that we speak that's the basis for unity but it's spoken in love and that's the atmosphere members of a united church walk in the way of love members of a united church can each say i am part of a group i am part of a group I live a worthy life. I speak the truth in love. I walk in the way of love. I am a part of a group. And what a group it is. It's the group of people that Jesus died to form. He said in Matthew 16, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He established it in Acts chapter 2 with great power. And it began to grow every single day because they helped each other and they did everything in the world they could to help their communities as well. Members of United Church ask themselves this question, what am I doing to promote the unity of this church? And I think I can give you two things as we close. Number one, pray. Pray. And not just about the things that you like. Pray about the things that we're doing that you really couldn't care less about. You're glad we do it, but you don't want any part of it. You're not good at it. But you know there are people that are, and they're doing it. Pray for them. Pray for the people. Pray for that ministry. Pray for that ministry. And then the second thing is be involved. Be involved. I know you want to come and hear all about the uh, the uh, great presentation this Wednesday. I just got a text during the service. Yes, every once in a while I'll notice something that I get on a text message. And in this case it was, he called this week and said he couldn't come. (laughs) So we'll save that one. But come next Sunday night to our area wide singing. Bill, I don't like to sing. I'm not gifted to sing. I hate it. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. Just come and be an encouragement. You know... When I was a drummer, I lived by this montage. If I wasn't a good drummer, then I just played louder. So if you don't sing well, Logan, did I get that right? Where's Logan? Yeah, okay, good. Got a thumbs up from my drummer friend. If you don't sing well, just sing louder. Sing from the heart. And if you don't really care about encouraging other people unless they're just like you, then no worries. You just support the things you like. But if you want to walk in the way of love, if you want to promote the atmosphere for unity and not just the basis, then come this afternoon and support all of those who have worked so very hard for this trunk retreat. Come next Sunday night and be a part of our area wide singing. Start coming to Bible class. Start writing notes to people that you find in that bulletin that's in your lap. So many wonderful opportunities for ministry. You see, that's what a united church looks like. It's a bunch of people that aren't exactly alike, but that are involved in all kinds of diverse, different things and are doing it all for the glory of God, to honor Jesus Christ and to build up the body, His body united church if we can help you do that today come as we stand sing our song together
2: service this morning by singing the first verse of Shine, Jesus Shine. And I believe that's something else that a united church will do in our community is let the light of Jesus shine through us. First verse only, and then we'll be led into dismissal prayer.
0: pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day that we have come to worship you. Thank you for the rain you have
3: brought to us. Uh, please help uh, West Irwin be an impact to our community. Thank you for our youth group and for Tucker and Elizabeth for leading us and helping us grow closer to you and each other. Um, please uh, continue to bless us. Allow us to make an impact to share your light at school. Please help be with the members of our West Irwin family on the prayer and care list. Please be with us throughout this week. Please forgive us of our sins. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross to give us hope. In Jesus' name we pray.